Alright. Dream Warriors. Day of Dread. Day 2. Uh, we're doing Pumpkinhead. So, uh, got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about with this movie. Uh, lie you forget. You forget about Pumpkinhead. So, uh, let's just get to it. Yeah, so the, uh, the goofy thing. Uh, <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, by the way, it, it's uh, it's 5:17 a.m. in the morning, uh, October two, and uh, again, not um, not going to one of my pre-recorded shelf episodes uh, because I just watched Pumpkinhead. Uh, I've been up for a few hours already and put this movie on and just kind of <laughs> again rushed to sit down to to discuss it. There was so much I forgot about this movie. And uh, I just, yeah, I, I felt like it was a, a public service to uh, talk about it and go over it. So I got my iced coffee. Uh, we're talking about Pumpkinhead, and I guess I guess I'm basic. I'm, I'm basic right now because I have um, pumpkin spice flavor, Nessie <laughs> Coffee Made Natural Bliss Creamer. That, that I'm drinking right now, so it's I'm drinking a uh, iced pumpkin coffee. Uh, excuse me, while talking about Pumpkinhead. All right, so we got we got to get into this movie. Uh, very important movie. Uh, I think any movie that has a a like a focal, uh, like a, a clear concept, as in uh, what the uh, for movies like this, horror movies, uh, terror-driven movies, horror-driven movies, uh, I love focal points. And by this, I mean uh, you're, you're getting a movie with Jason Voorhees. Here's Freddy Krueger, okay? Here's Hatchet, or uh, it's not there, but... Uh, and then, like, Aliens, and, and Pumpkinhead falls right into this. Uh and I, 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 really, I remember when this movie came out. Uh, it was a lot like Candyman. Uh, it was post Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street craze. And these movies were a part of this wave that, um, you know, there, there was like a market for it. There was a, a sizable market. And, you know, Pumpkinhead was one one of those rentals that, you know as a South Jersey youth you you had to see this movie you, you had to go rent it you, you had to try and watch it by yourself or watch it with, with friends I, I remember younger being disappointed with this movie initially because uh, you know you sit down and watch a horror movie and you, you, you just want to see the blood so uh, with, and you know that's why the uh, the Bunny Man massacre movie from day one uh, last episode resonated so well with me because it took this position with blood and it just ran with it. <laughs> Clear intent. But no, pump, pumpkin head is, geez, we're talking about layers here. We're talking about nuance. Uh, I, I think every angle, every facet uh, that this movie could have excelled on, uh, I believe it did. And... It's one. It's one of these movies that uh, you know got a bunch of sequels. I think it has four. Um, I I took some notes. I'm I'm, I'm just going to go through my notes in, in a little bit, but it doesn't. Uh, it didn't carry over 
um, in the SQL engine in, I would say, something like Hellraiser. Um, it just, uh, you know, Hellraiser, Child's Play, uh, repeatedly get these, uh, you know, so, um, I think Child's Play, uh, sophisticated, ballsy, daring reboots every couple of years. Uh, very few horror franchises are handled as well as Child's Play. Uh, but yeah, Pumpkinhead just, uh, you know, Jeepers Creepers uh, will kind of fall in, in line with, with Pumpkinhead. Uh, and bo both of them are equally fantastic. But yeah, so, uh, you know, does Pumpkinhead have a raw deal? Uh, definitely not. I think it, it's a, it really is a diamond in, in the rough. It's, it's a middle amazing movie. Uh, there is nothing about this movie that you cannot appreciate, you cannot learn from. Like few of its contemporaries, uh, there are so many frames in this movie that you could just print out and put up on your wall. And that is it's just a testament to vision. Uh, it's a testament to the people who made the movie, who were professionals, who were experts, and uh, essentially knew what they were doing. And uh, yeah, so what's the, uh, what's the legacy of something like Pumpkinhead? I, I really don't know, because I'm not really connected to the horror community. Uh, you know, I don't really go to conventions. I don't really uh, hit a lot of the websites. But I know for me and my circle, uh, no, one's a, <laughs> no one I know has ever seen Pumpkinhead. <laughs> <laughs> like perhaps more than once so yeah let's let, let's just get into the uh, dirty a little bit here so the pumpkinhead uh it's a 98 movie 1998 uh it's available now you can stream it on amazon prime uh shout out shout out to amazon prime uh day two of of, of amazon prime and uh yeah, so, and the movie is directed by Stan Winston. And if you, if you all know that name, that, that's fine by me. But you know his work. Uh, this is the special effects, uh, uh, like, super mind genius behind uh, Aliens, Predator, uh, Congo. <laughs> Look, Congo just sits so well with me, <laughs> okay? Uh, I might, again, might be on the, uh, the fringe of that. And uh, Jurassic Park, which is where I was introduced to him, because I remember uh, my sister, uh, she, her, I think her first day at college, uh, she had, like, money left over from buying books, and in the, um, the college bookstore, she bought me a making of Jurassic Park, uh, a book that I still have on my bookshelf, and it blew me away because it had storyboards and I never really saw storyboards before uh, so again captivated me the penciled artwork for that amazing and then the the, uh, the other side was this like Stane Winston side that was sprinkled throughout the book and that was even one of my first time seeing the importance of special effect uh, collaboration within the movie and that was essentially my introduction to Stane Winston, the director of, of this movie. Uh, Winston is no longer with us. Uh, I just have to say that. 
uh, we're, we're going to discuss two deaths. And I, I just I just hate it. I hate discussing, uh, just even acknowledging it. But uh, yeah, uh, Stan Winston died in 2008. Uh, multiple melanoma. I, I probably I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. And uh, I, don't, I think it's essentially like cancer of the blood cells. So it's like blood cancer, and it was like you know the five six whatever year battle. So it uh, it sucks that he's no longer with us because he's he's one of the voices, one of the talents uh, that really needed. Um, just always needs to be there, need, needs to keep going. Um, even at one time, I was obsessed with the uh, Stain Winston websites uh, for his companies, and I, I emulated a lot of my website work on Stain Winston's websites because they had uh, like nice use of animation and flash and motion graphics and uh, the way how the menus, uh, there was like an animation with some robotic arms that like were clanging together and it was like really cool stuff. So yeah, th this is a movie directed by a guy that came up through special effects. And the funny thing is though, I did research this because I wanted to be sure. So I'm watching this movie and I'm just kind of saying to myself, uh, you know, like um, so, some movies I knew, like I knew Silent Running, the movie that I always... <laughs> Always watch that movie. Uh, Silent Running, uh, you know, directed by Douglas Trumbell. I know Tom Savini did a Night of the Living Dead remake. Um, I wasn't sure if Rick Baker directed anything, so I looked that up, and Rick Baker produced two movies. So, and then um, just digging around, uh, you know, uh, uh, Phil Tibbet. I kind of recalled him. But he only directed uh, Starship Troopers 2, Heroes of the Federation. So, like, th these are some of the notable films directed by other special effects guys. So, yeah, it's kind of funny because if you go through all of it, when it comes to feature films, uh, Stan Winston is, he made the best movie from the special effects department, you know, being a special effects guy. Um, he, he, he made the best movie coming from that thread. Uh, and he did it in 98, and no one has come close. Well, I don't know if, like, okay, that's just my opinion, but, uh, like, no one challenge, can challenge it. Uh, Greg Nicotero, to, uh, who, uh, I'm butchering that last name, but Greg, um, this dude has an incredible, like, filmography. Uh, his his last name is N I C O T E R O, um, and he notably directed um, like eight or nine episodes, I think ten episodes of Walking Dead, but like that's that's your closest competitor. Uh, directing for TV way different than feature film, but yeah. So Stan Winston, uh, you know, the, this is part of my discovery of just sitting down enjoying something immensely. And just realizing, uh, like, a hell of a talking point, which is, uh, yeah, like, special effects is a side of the industry that uh, a lot of the heroes are, uh, they're just hidden. You know, like, the people who really develop the technology and bring forward the ideas to make things happen on screen. These people are invisible. They're invisible geniuses. 
a few of them elevate into a lexicon type level, Stain being one of them. But of all of this, of, 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 of all of this creative talent, Stain Winston in 98, uh, yeah, solidified. Like he created the Watchmen of special effects directed movies. Uh, interesting, you know, like it just, it kind of blew me away. So the, the other part of this movie that, that stood out is, as I said, the, the way it's shot. So, so much of this film uh, you can put up on your wall. And I love when I see stuff like that, just when it hits me. And it's, it, I, I think it's something that's dying a little bit today because, you know, like green screens don't create um, the depth of light when you shoot within studio. Okay. There is a, uh, like, I, I can't describe it, but there is, uh, it's something with the human eye, okay? And the CG work doesn't recreate it. It doesn't create uh, almost like the atmosphere. It just doesn't. So, yeah, I, I, I wanted to look up who was a cinematographer, and it's, it's Bojan Basili. Okay, and all cinematographers have names you can't pronounce. Oh. <laughs> so you know his filmography, like he he's got some he's got some stuff behind him, and some of it is is uh some movies I really enjoy, uh, being Sugar Hill, Surviving the Game, The Ring, two thousand and two, California, you know Brad Pitt and uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus, uh, hell of a movie. I love the way that that, that movie shot. Uh, Dangerous Beauty and his, I think his glamour, his gloss over, his pivot, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So, you know, like th this dude's been in the game. He, uh, and he, he had fun lighting this movie because this movie has shades, tones. Uh, it has, it's, it, there's blues, there's, um, grays, there's yellows, there's orange, there's uh, darkness, there's black, you know, or like charcoal, you know, but it, it, it is stylistically there. Like, I would even put, like, this would be, I put this on par with uh, Aliens, just the way it looks, okay? And it, it's not as, um, when it comes to processing, the budget wasn't there, so you don't have the, um, there was like a shine to Aliens that you don't get with this movie. And it's, it's strictly uh, film quality. It's the way it's processed, uh, chemicals being used to develop the original prints. Uh, and, and this is a, uh, a setback to lower budgeted movies. But holy crap, dude, uh, I don't think they paid Bojan enough because uh, I think he should be should be getting some checks right now for uh, this movie and yeah so again amazing uh, <laughs> um, yeah so like uh, yeah maybe like a little bit about this movie uh, yeah uh, the the movie doesn't deliver anything we haven't seen okay uh, most of the movies we're going to discuss this month are exactly that uh, there's a few in my eyes that I think would be, I would call, um, 
original, like just just ideas or just a position on a thought that became a movie. Uh, Pumpkinhead is not that. Pumpkinhead is it's a curse. It's it's a backwoods legend. Again, we've seen it. Uh, it is youth, uh, rambunctious, troubled youth. Uh, no, like I want to say troubled uh, kids just being kids, get into trouble. Something bad happens. Uh, a sequence of bad decisions. Okay, bad justification. Uh, this movie I think is heralded in my view now, and it's probably one of the reasons reasons why I was initially disappointed when I saw this movie when I was younger for the first time is uh, you know there's no boobies, there's no nudity. Uh, it takes the high road with that. But it definitely gives us a teenage, like a teenager that we haven't seen in other horror movies, I think, up until this point. I would say I would compare it to maybe like Halloween. Um, but again, Halloween, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in, in that movie, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street also. Um, very self-aware within what's happening. But the the kids in this movie uh, don't know the... There's no repercussion on what they're doing. They're strictly just being bad kids. And I think that came through really well. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> um, you know, we have like a witch scene again. Uh, I saw it before this, saw it after this. We have a death scene. We have a resurrection scene. We have a monster transformation being birth scene. Uh, again, none of this is new, but it put together the monster transformation scene. Incredible, incredible for 98. Uh, the witch scene where uh, Lance Herrickson, who, when, again, like I kind of discovered him in this movie, um, he was never like an aliens guy to me. He, he was, all, uh, sorry, we got uh Oh, sorry, we got we got something flying overhead. But yeah, uh, he it was aliens, and this movie. But this he was never Lance Herrickson in Aliens. To me, he was always special. But in this movie, he was Lance Herrickson, and he is the the death of his son in this movie. Spoiler uh, is it's a great scene. He's so good. I mean, uh, um, just getting like a callback when he takes the son home and he uh, washes the son's face because uh, he's just trying to clean up his boy that's no longer with him. Uh, it's really heartbreaking. Uh, the death scene of, of, of the child, it's, it's, it's well-acted, rushed face. It's paced very quickly, very well. It's heartbreaking to watch. And there's a flow of mixed motivations and bad decisions. And it's, it's, it's a great sequence. And it, it goes on longer than you would anticipate, which is, again, just adds volume to what comes up later. But the going back to, to the witch scene, he, go, he goes to a witch. The witch is going to help him bring back his child. And in doing so, you know, uh, resurrects Pumpkinhead. The this scene when he talks to the witch 
you you just have to see it. You, I, there is nothing I can say that's going to uh, describe it, but it is a well as well shot of a scene, well blocked shot, you know, well blocked of a scene than nearly anything you will see. And you know, again, too, like th- 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 this is a guy who mostly spends his time behind the camera fixing things, designing things between, like, you know, like he he's he's not. He, he's on set, but he's not on set at, like, at the same time. Um, yeah, and uh, this movie didn't create these conventions, but it solidified them. If you want to see how conventions are used in the movie to the max, Pumpkinhead is that, is that example. And there's, there's just uh, there's a lot to soak in from it. So, yeah, leapfrog in here, though. Uh, the other standout, the, you know, the, the other superstar in this movie, uh, Richard Stone, uh, who did the music. Sorry, let me get a drink of this. Uh, yeah, Richard Stone uh, died of cancer at age 47. Uh, if, this, if this dude didn't die, he would probably be a Academy Award winner. Uh, I honestly believe that. If not, multiple nominee. Uh, so he he was the music guy for a block in Warner Brothers Animation. And you might be like, well, Pete, like how, like, how can you say this guy is going to get the Academy Award and he's doing music for cartoons for Warner Brothers Animation? Well, he did, he did, Animaniacs. He uh, he did Tasmania. He he was a critical part in potentially the last golden age of drawn animation, of hand drawn animation, and it's incredible. His his credits for that are um, it's. You you gush at it, you know, like you gush what he 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 was a part of, and yeah, I think this movie is 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 a hell of a uh, feather in his cap, and it's it it really stinks. It stinks that he is he couldn't finish his career because he had a hell of a lot of potential. Oh, excuse me. So, Pumpkinhead franchise, you know, I guess that's a part of the legacy of Pumpkinhead. Uh, Guy sequel. <laughs> I'm just, just reading these here. Pumpkinhead Two Blood Wings. <coughs> um, excuse me. That was uh came out in '94. Pumpkinhead came out in '88. Uh, I'm sorry, '88. I may may have said '98 a few times. Uh, I, I'm an idiot. '88. Uh, Pumpkinhead. Ashes to Ashes, 2006, and then there was a, I guess, announced Pumpkinhead Blood Feud, and and that's it. Like, uh, that's the legacy of Pumpkinhead. Um, I believe Pumpkinhead's, uh, it, it's uh, what solidified the Pumpkinhead legacy was uh, McFarlane figures did uh, an action figure. Uh, Pumpkinhead, and that's that's as a IP creative, you know, entity uh, as 
part of real hard legacy. Uh, you know, when McFarlane went into that arena of doing one-off action figures, not doing an entire line of an action figure. So it would be like, his, his line was like, might have been like Cinema Massacre or, or something. Uh, you know, like he, he would, it would be series one and you would get like five or six characters from movies and, and so on and so forth. So during this initial run, um, you know, Pumpkinhead, uh, Pumpkinhead McFarlane, we're going to just look this up real quick. Um, uh, they were called Movie Maniacs. And yeah, I mean, I think there's one on eBay right now. Yeah, 35. I mean, it's, it's, oh my God, it's a cool looking figure. Jeez, this thing's cool looking. Yeah, uh, you know, Pumpkinhead is a part of the Movie Maniacs line. That It's, I don't know what else, what else you need. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, Pumpkinhead is, uh, is a force to be reckoned with. Okay. It is, uh, Something right now. I mean, who who doesn't have Amazon Prime? It just I would say just grab popcorn because it really is a popcorn movie, and, and I kind of hate saying that. I, I just think it's uh, I think it's it's lame. I think it's weak. But go go check it out. Uh, I'm going to go. I got to do some drawing for Inktober, which you can follow on AKA Pad Thirteen on Instagram. Uh, just find me, find me on Facebook, Peter A. DeLuca business page. Uh, find me on YouTube. Just search Bad Eats or search AKA Pad. Um, but yeah, I'm out there. I want to hear from you. I, I, I want to know uh, if you haven't seen this movie and you, you watch it for the first time and you start listening to this. Uh, like I, I, want, I, want, I want to know what your takeaway is. Um, but hey, Dream Warriors, 31 Days of Dread, Day 2. Uh, signing off.